Bond. 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 James Bond. And welcome back to the Film Reel cast. We don't know what episode it is. We cannot remember. No. Off the top of our head. But we're back. But we're back. Film Reel cast. We're back. Yes. We're back. And James has done his uh, token deep breath. How was that for you, James? Even though you haven't done the intro this time. You were trying to put me off, were you? Hi, I'm James. No, no, wrong podcast. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I'm very good, thank you. You are a podcast whore, aren't you? Uh, yeah, you are. You are. I, I am the wizard sleeve of podcasts. You do wrestling, don't you? I do a wrestling. And you do Formula One. I do the hot lap. You do your bakery and your patch quilt work one. No, that, that, that and stops. And you do Flaro. We do Flaro. And we do the film wheel cast. Film wheel cast. And there's an SNM one, but we won't go into that. Yes. Anyway, how are you, Stu? I'm really good, thanks, Graham. How are you? I'm really looking forward to this podcast. Is that because you haven't watched the film? Uh, I have watched a film. I watched it about three years ago. Oh, that's right. I watched it about four months ago. I'm slightly more recent than Stuart. I, I just remember the bit where he comes out of the like, the mine with Grace Jones. and uh, That's funny. you Christopher Walken in the Same mine. I remember the bit when he walks in front of that O letter and then shoots a gun. That's interesting. Screen. That's really interesting. Graham. Yeah. So we are doing Skyfall. Skyfall. Now, b- before we start this, yeah, where is it in your list of Bonds, would you say? Is it is my favourite? Wow. Is this high. is my favourite Bond. Okay, is it? no, carry on, carry on. This oh, is my favourite Bond film. See, I never realised how passionate you was about James Bond. It's something you take quite seriously, is, isn't yeah. it? Do you wish your yeah. name was James? Well, I know, I've got lots of interesting facts, but I don't know if we have time. So, Let's go, right. you don't tease us like that. First, before well, we get into it, favourite Bond soundtrack, James, shoot. Don't know. Excellent choice. Beauty Kill from there. Beauty really? Kill. Duran yeah. Duran. Very good. I think mine will be Live and Let Die. I do really, I like that. I think it's very, very good. Probably Goldfinger, really, in terms of song. Is that telling us something else? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Brown finger. No, gold finger. <laughs> before before we start, interesting factoid number one. Here we go. The passport used in this film uh, was not created by the props department. Um it was, in fact, it's an authentic Home Office document. Um, and it was produced for, obviously, the film and stuff, but it was produced for the Home Office. And the information, the actual details on Bond's passport in the film shown name as John Adam Bruce. Date of birth, 16th of December, 1968, male. Place of birth, London, and expires in 2029. So it's actually an official... James Bond actually has a genuine official passport, and it wasn't created by the box department. And is that name... You just said, is it John Alec Bruce you just said? Uh, John Adam Bruce. Adam Bruce. Is that a, a person of any notice at all? Not that I can think of. No, I feel like I've pissed on your back. You have a little bit, Sorry. but it doesn't I matter. But he's not going to go on a James Bond passport, is he? But it's actually, the actual document in this film was But he tells created. everyone he's James Bond, isn't oh, he? Yeah, so well, he, he can't I use James as his middle name. Mm, I thought Double O was his first name and Seven was his second name. see what you mean, because I was going Bond. James Bond. I thought it was Bond, James Bond. Do you want another, another good yes, interesting please. fact? Uh, when Bond and Q meet in the National Gallery, which is later on, we'll come to that, Q jokes about giving Bond an exploding pen when Bond moans about the tools that he's received for the mission. Uh, two previous films actually give Bond an exploding, an exploding pen. pen. What are those films, James? Goldfinger. No. Man with the Golden Gun. 
No. Nope. View to a kill. All right, we'll stop there. Uh, never say never again. Nineteen eighty-three and Golden Eye is nineteen ninety-five. Because you've got Alexis clicking the pen, whatever his name is, and he clicks yeah. it, clicks it again, clicks it, clicks it again, clicks it, clicks it again. Oh. Three times it blows up. Right. So we Golden got... Eye was my favourite PS Brosnan one. Was it? Yeah. What was your favourite one? He peaked at the beginning. Uh, my favourite film uh, for a long time. It was the one Die Another Day. I quite enjoyed that. I liked Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. But I was brought up in the era of Sir Roger Moore. So I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the, the quirkiness. And it was quite cheesy. It was in like the 70s age. You could get away with cheese. And uh, he was just such a ladies' man. He was, wasn't he? My favourite is probably Casino Royale. And I thought I think Daniel Craig... Is that the David Niven one? No. No, he said that. Uh, it's a Craig David one, though. Craig it's a Daniel, David. Daniel Craig one. Well, I, I think he's, he is up there with Sean Connery as one of the best Bonds. That's really interesting. Can you just say that again? He's up there with Sean Connery as <laughs> one of the best Bonds. <laughs> Great. Dear, shall we start? And did you know this is the uh, first Bond film that James Bond is seen to drink a beer in? Really? And why is it that um, this is the first time we've done James Bond? I don't know. 60 odd Because podcasts? the new one has just been released... This Monday. What, what kind of review is On the 26th. Is it... uh, well, from everything I've heard, it's a fantastic film. Okay, good. You actually went to the set, didn't you? Yes. Excellent stuff, but you weren't allowed to say a lot about that. No. A friend of mine did actually work on There you set. go. Fantastic. Yeah, but we'll come to that in a bit. I, yeah. I'll tell you about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, apparently, he, uh, Daniel Craig, he's actually quite a nice bloke, I've heard, when you actually meet him. Really? Yeah, in real life. You've actually met him, Graham, haven't you? He was really nice. Was he? Where did you yeah. meet him? Uh, London. Whereabouts? Leicester. Excellent stuff. And did he speak to you? No. Fair enough. That's great stuff. No. So, so the restraining order is still there. The restraining order is still there. So, what can I say? Do you, do right. You, anyway. Do you see yourself in James Bond? No. I don't look as good in the tux. Right, so... The lie detector is saying otherwise. <laughs> so, Skyfall. Anyway, okay. So, it's got Daniel Craig as James Bond. His return is... Possible promotional film, depending on if he's going to do another one after this one. Uh, the new one has just been released. Judy uh, Dench, her last one, as a performance of M. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you don't know, she you're stupid. Oh, James. Oh, did I she? I don't know. Oh, well done. Uh, uh, Javier Bardem uh, as Raul Silva. Uh, Ralph Fiennes as Mallory. Oh, Naomi oh. Harris as Eve Moneypenny. Um, Bernice Lim Morrow, if I, if I said I, that I right. You're just destroying some of these I am, I, I'm yeah. not very good with uh, names. That's a Silver's Associate. And then you've got a couple, a couple more. Oh, uh, ben uh, Wishaw as Q. You can't leave Albert Finney off. I was getting to that. You just skipped him now. Uh, Albert Finney. Uh, Rory Where? Finner. Where's and this was directed by Sam Mendes. That's not well. Albert Finney, as in Scrooge. No way. That's the same. Pa- Obviously, they've got the same name. I figured. Oh my gosh. But he's. I was going to leave him to last, being an old man and that. Right. But anyway, we will start with. The beginning. The beginning. So he says, right. So um, basically, it follows again Mr. Bond on a mission. Across many different places, but starts in uh, Istanbul, in Turkey, where uh, MI6 agents are James Bond and Eve Moneypenny, for you old school people out there who's actually in the field in this movie, uh, chase a mercenary, Patrice, who has stolen a computer hard drive uh, containing details of undercover agents um, that are all around the world. 
uh, and then he's going to uh, basically sell them to the highest bidder. Um, and it's going to reveal all the agents who are actually in the covert in the field, isn't it? And it's going to reveal them to the world and blow their cover. Exactly, which will mean they could all die. Mm. But you never know. It might happen. James, do you reckon it would happen? Yeah, would it happen in real life? In this day and age, you could do, couldn't it? Well, it's been done before, isn't it? In um, Talk Talk have just had their computer system Talk hacked. Talk have just had it, which is quite serious. <laughs> and a few people died. I think a few special agents who work for Talk Talk died. Uh, and Project Strike Back as well. That's unfortunate, because I, I didn't realise that. They did that. that. Yes. And I am on Talk Talk. Are you? Yes. People could be looking. If I see any red it's dots... It's quite good, though, because my internet's so bad that if they did try, they'll have to wait about half an hour for accessing any of my computer systems anyway. Then it'll crash. Yes. So this was filmed in Istanbul to start with, and we got a, almost straight into um, a nice bit of action with, uh, unfortunately, a dead agent sitting in a sitting in a chair. Yeah, it was one of Bond's friends, wasn't he? Who was sitting in a chair, 0069, uh, who got taken out. He got pulled off his mission. Uh, pulled off during his mission, or pulled off? His I'm mission? not too sure. But it was 0069. But he got shot from behind. It's interesting, though, yeah, on a serious note. It yeah. is serious. This is that James Bond, very I, I, serious. I mean, very, very few times have we actually see, see James Bond actually being friends with people. It really is few, few other to far Well, normally if he's a friend with someone, it's a female, and he wants to shag them, isn't it? That's his angle. True. That's what he it's does. It's always a good angle. But it's true that Money Penny, not Money Penny, M, she always puts the mission before any person, yes. even Bond. So, and again, it was a case of this agent's dying... Maybe he could have saved his life. I don't know, Agent 69. But who knows? But she told him... Like, crack on. Yeah, crack on. And, um, but that's what they signed up for, isn't it? Well, it, it is exactly. in a way, I guess. But yeah, so he goes and uh, gets in the car with uh, uh, Money Penny, who is driving him, chasing after Patrice, the mercenary, um, through the streets of Istanbul. Um, first great one-liner. She well, knocks a wing mirror off. Didn't need him anyway. Didn't need it, yeah. Wasn't using that one either, but yeah. So it just shows women drivers. Really, they're very, Ooh. very good. Let me finish my sentence. I said they're very, very good. Ooh. They don't need wing mirrors. Sarcasm. I love women, and I love women driving. So after an enormous chase through Istanbul uh, and a massive car accident, uh, Patrice stands up and starts shooting at Bond and Money Penny, uh, and then jumps onto a motorcycle. It's a brilliant it? action scene at the start of this. It is. It is it, so good. They use all forms of transport. Trains, motorcycles and cars. It would not no orchestra cars included. <laughs> yeah, not on this one. And then, uh, yeah, so then Patrice makes off on a on a motorbike and then uh, Bond gets a motorbike even though it's an electric start but still we won't go there. You're so anal about stuff, aren't you? Like yeah, that? it gets you worse really later on. Uh, and then they, so they chase across the top of a bazaar in Istanbul. That's where brilliant, isn't it? Chase on the rooftops on a motorbike. So and they good. fixed it up afterwards. Did they? Yeah, and they paid the store holders to open um, even knowing that there wasn't going to be any customers. So it's superb. It's just brilliant. I love little bits like that of the power that Bond's got. The whole kind of... Uh, franchise behind it that they can actually go to these countries and get them to do these kind of things just because it's James Bond and obviously they'll pay a massive wedge of money but the franchise is so well, powerful are, I think we, we forget that in terms of length yeah uh, as a franchise really uh, an, an impact throughout the decades you could make an argument it's really only Star Wars as a franchise mm. that has been that long bearing in mind there are only really three can't just say I didn't forget that I think we forget. I, I don't forget. Can you well, not include me in that? Well, it's a sweeping generalisation, James. 
who you know, I was trying to make an interesting fact. Have you ever that. gone James? Yeah, James. it's just unfortunate that you two... You I bet two, you have, haven't you? Have I, bet, I bet you've gone James. My name's James. No, James I've never done that. Bet you have. No. You can make your point, but just don't include me in the forgetting. Or me. Well, no, but, but I think a lot of people do forget, Better. including Stu and Graham, that, um, yeah, but it, it, I'm saying it is one of those franchises... And the only thing that can rival it in terms of length and stuff is Star Wars. But Bow said Star Wars is only three films. Bond has. Is it three yeah, films? Yeah, it's not really three films, is it? Loads. Three films, is it's not really three Wars. films. No. Well, Star Wars. How many films is Star Wars? Well, it's six plus more, yeah. But in terms of. Plus one more. So how many no, is no, that? No, but at one point, up until 2000, up until like 1998, Bond really. Bond. It is, it is. And we forget, and we forget that, including Stuart and. I don't think. I don't forget. But Do you anyway. know one person who doesn't forget? Who? Is Mish Watkins, the painter. No. Mish Watkins. She doesn't forget. She always remembers to paint fantastic paintings and line art as well, which can be found on Twitter and on mishwatkins.com. www. So that's Stu's shameless plug for the That is my shameless plug. I love Mish. She's great. great A link artist. on the uh, website as well. Um, so... After the, um, they've driven, driven across a, b- a bazaar, and then somehow Bond manages to throw himself onto a moving train off a motorcycle, that which is was quite impressive. Yeah. Do you feel that that is James Bond stunts, or does it, when you're watching it, does it take you out of the film a bit, thinking, oh, that's kind of like, boy, could he really do that? Does he not? I mean, for me, it's fine because it's a Bond film, you accept it, but I'm, I'm putting that question. To the forgetful Stuart and Graham. I reckon it's, it's just a James Bond stunt, but then saying that, oh, quite a lot of amazing stunts have yeah. come from James Bond. True. This is, yeah, so, yeah, so it, it's. So we, we just accept that yeah. as an audience. And, yeah. and, and, you, and you can almost accept that it actually happened because a lot of the stuff they do do. Yes. No, no, in, no, no I can I, I, I um, You just said the word do do. <laughs> they do do. They do do. do, do but they're do. not corny stunts anymore, are they? No. Such as uh, Roger Moore jumping off the, the cliff scene with the parachute was fantastic. In I think the Spy loved me, that was absolutely brilliant. But these scenes they kind of have to push the limits, don't they? With that parkour and the other, um, the very first James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig one, Casino was it Casino? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, that builder's yard. So and then you've got different films of action in like the Mission Impossible, uh, the Bourne films, and they pushed it the. the uh, like the action scenes to the actual limits, don't they? So for James Bond, for these films, and it's classic, they all start off with an action scene, that they really do have to take it to the max, don't they, and try everything. Otherwise, I think they'll be criticised these days. People are so particular. Because um, it's, got, it's got a set format, hasn't it, really? Yeah, it starts off by yeah. an action scene. So, yeah, and then the stunts are, I think, amazing. But yeah. James Bond, he's on the train... He gets into a JCB, still getting shoot, shot at. I was about to say shoot at then, that's bad learning. <laughs> right, still gets shot at by Patrice. And uh, then Patrice uncouples the cars. And he's on a in JCB and he gets uncoupled the cars. So he's in the JCB and he uses the shovel of the JCB to protect himself from the gunfire. And then Money Penny shouts out and tells him that he's been uncoupled, so he's slowing down. And uh, he reaches out. I'm kind of up to a corny line. And then uh, hooks onto the... See, this is where it goes a little bit funny because he uses the scoop of the JCB to hook onto the train to then walk along and then jumps down and everyone looks at him and he's going, just changing carriages. It's like, really? 
Yeah. So, but he does have one-liners, doesn't he? Yeah, it's Do quite funny. Daniel Craig can pull off those one-liners. Yeah. Uh, not if it wasn't a Bond film. We were saying this before, weren't we? Or yeah. I might have been talking to myself, I'm not too sure. Did I say it to you? It was me, we were talking about in the car. But before this, you obviously you got Layer Cake, a really good film, I enjoyed that. Um, but you've got uh, Golden Compass, and what was the other shit one you come up with? Cowboys and Aliens. Cow- yeah, Cowboys and Aliens and Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. I mean, if it wasn't for James Bond... Awful accent. I mean, what would Daniel Craig be doing now? I mean, it, this has blown him to complete stardom, Tomb Raider isn't it? Too. So, yeah, but they're shit films really, aren't they? Golden Compass 2. Yeah, again, who'd want to see it? So Layer Cake 2. So this really has saved him. That'd be a prequel, though, because he died. We don't know whether he died. Wow. He just got shot at the end of it. Talking of shooting, he's wrestling with Patrice on top of the train, and Money Penny shoots him in the shoulder. Oh, yeah, she misses. When yeah. I first saw this film, I thought she shot him on purpose. Me too. I remember the cinema thinking she shot him on purpose. Yeah, I thought that. I really did. Did you think that, but the first time you saw well, it? Well, no, I just thought that she was a shit shot and missed. Why did you think that? Because maybe... Because <laughs> you don't shot. want to say because she's a woman, <laughs> which is what's going through your mind, isn't it? No, Shocking because she, no, she just might be a shit shot, and it might be that? the fact that... Do you think the gun's too heavy for her? No. I think I've got the gun written down, actually, because I've prepared. <laughs> oh, we knew you'd oh. do this! <laughs> I've prepared, I'll find it later on. Um... No, I just, it's, no, Sorry. no, because it's because it's a moving target and yeah. they're fighting. Then she's got, she's kind of got, a, and she's got all that pressure of M saying, "Take the shot, take the shot." Take Could the you shot. take that shot? Probably not. Have you taken a shot before? Because I shaped like a shitting dog last time I shot something. Well, so you shot someone. Some I said shot at a target. Oh, all right, I the last time I shot someone, no. I was shaking quite a lot. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, can you went firearms as a police officer? Yeah, it'd yeah, be man. great. Yeah. Imagine that. Would be shit. So, Bond is shot in the shoulder and he falls a long, long way. Which is bollocks, though, isn't it? But yeah, the stuntman did do it, so... But you'd die. If you got shot and you fell that far, you'd fucking die. That was the only bit that kind of annoyed me. Why would you die, Stuart? Why? Because it's so high... And you don't, and you know, we've but people, into, people have died from uh, not dying. You know, when they don't open the parachute. people have died from not dying. That is no, a really no. interesting thing. Sorry, fact. people have not died. <laughs> I realise that. Have you got any more gems like that at all written down? No, because that's a really good fact. It is. So, no, people have died, not from, died from what are you talking about? From can you can you let me get to it, please? Go on then, you're struggling me. I'm struggling, you. Can't talk you can't talk, can you? Which is people have podcast. not died from even their parachutes. Not opening at quite a height, so it's not absolutely impossible. Terminal velocity on a parachute is what? You, I'll let you tell me. Terminal velocity for humans is about 120 miles an hour. Yeah. I oh, love it when you on know a this fact. On a, on a, in a parachute, it's like 80, whereas he's going to hit terminal velocity falling from that aqueduct, whereas, which will be at a less speed than with a parachute. Ah, oh, there you go. But he I probably doesn't die because it's not like hitting concrete. Well, hitting but it did lead us to the, uh, the song, didn't it? It did. By Adele, so... Cracking Artist, new single out just this week as well. I know. Very fitting in the same time as the new Bond film that she wasn't chosen for. Exactly. Same what do you think of the song? I've not heard it, the new one. What? Skyfall I like. You like Skyfall? I have the new one. I quite liked it, but I really do like Adele. So, um... That's it, really. That's what yeah, I, I, quite like, that. I quite like and I like Skyfall. Her voice, her voice, I think, fits it very well. It does. It? It's very good, and it fits the film. Sam Smith's song it is Sam Smith, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, his song is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I heard it the first time yesterday. I don't, I don't, I don't really enjoy it as much as Skyfall. Mm, you're more kind of old school, aren't you? Yeah, it's not really the same. But, um, so he falls down and he's, um, falls into the river and goes missing, presumed dead. Um, in the aftermath of the operation and then losing all of the uh, information that's on the hard drive as Patricia's standing on the top of the uh, train as it disappeared into a tunnel, um, M comes under political pressure from Gareth Mallory, the Intelligence and Security Committee Chairman. M you know. fucked up, really, didn't she? She did. She, he wants, basically wants to retire her. And on her return from a meeting at the MI6 um, with uh, Mallory, she found out that MI6 servers have been breached and then receives a taunting message on her laptop computer. Um, moments before this, um, her offices explode. They do indeed, Killing don't a they? number of employees. And you've got something to say about that, haven't you? Isn't it give, me an inter- give me an interesting fact about it. No, when I'm... No, when you I... mean you're not going to give us a fact. Because I said, give me an interesting fact. You said no. So are you going to give me a fact or not? A factoid. Factoid. No, not now. Thank you. She gets out of the car and goes, do you not recognise the car? Well, it's only a Jaguar, and it's only got blue lights on it. So the, the police officer that's standing stopping yeah, people. Yeah, the police officer mm-hmm. there, I know. Yeah, I went to school with him. There's an extra. Yeah. That's really oh, interesting. really? Do you want to give him a mention at all? Are you still in contact with him? No. What other things has he done? He's in... He's done a few things. I forgot what now. Um, he's got, I think he's got his own website as well. So. so do we, we www.filmcurlcast.co.uk right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're a free clown it's, it's, it's been quite a lot of extras I, possibly Doctor Who I'm not too sure or if a Doctor Who you know the um, Torchwood maybe I think he's been in alright so nothing good then I'm not too... that's an anagram of Doctor Who it Torchwood is, is an anagram is, is. is it? yeah oh, it is. not know. an anagram but sounding somewhat f- like it could be Flarrow listen to it exactly oh. yeah right <laughs> so the front of uh, MI6 basically blows up, which anyone wants to know is next to yeah, the bridge. And it's a big green building, goes up as far as it does down. Um, and um, they put that in post-edit. Oh. Uh, What's that? that? Post-production at the end. You know, once they filmed everything and it's yeah. all gone together. They put the explosion in the end. Whereas in The World Is Not Enough, yeah. that explosion, they actually did that. Oh, really? Yeah, on a uh, set in Pinewood. Um, they, but the... Where is Pinewood Studios? Pinewood. Yeah. London. Yeah. Okay. I have, ha- like, for example, how far from where we are right now? I've got no idea. Like minutes. I've never yeah, been there. Never, never been there. We know where Shepton Studios is. That's, yeah. That's down the road from where, where, where we are. It's Studios, we know where that is, but we don't know where Pinewood is. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so um, they did it on a big set for The World Is Not Enough, um, but this one was actually put in as computer generated, so it's CGI technically. Yeah, so today's a bit of an interesting And that's an example of how you use CGI. I did actually email MI5 to see if I could get a tour around there. Right, she says, because this is MI6. Is it or MI6? And uh, funnily enough, they said no. Yeah. No what chance. You know what MI stands for? Um, Ministry of Intelligence? I don't know. I thought it was Military Intelligence. So, so you're not too sure so either. So you're not too sure either. <laughs> right, well done. So, um... Google it now. No. No, I'm not. So, um, yeah, so there's a number of employees that are killed uh, in, the, in the explosion. MI6... Um, Relocates uh, to its emergency offices underground. The actual location, if anyone's interested in going to a Smithfield meat market. Mission Impossible. Yeah, it is Mission Impossible. That's what it stands for. The MI, MI stands for Mission Impossible. It doesn't. This is very much a uh, Grant Mitchell <laughs> yeah, um, uh, thing in extras now, isn't it? They told me what SAS stands for. In extras, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, we're ruining your... Yeah, you are ruining uh, yeah, my flow, yeah. So MI6 relocates to his uh, under, uh, emergency offices underground. Um, Bond, having used his death uh, to retire almost, learns of the attack and returns to London. And that slightly alcohol-soaked and bearded man... He does look really good. When he turns up at M's house, um, he really does look like someone who's been on the piss constantly for months yes. and months, not slept a lot, but just consumed vast amounts of alcohol... Uh, he looks great. I mean, his eyes are bloodshot. And he has got really dark, um, bright blue piercing eyes, hasn't he? And they really come out when his eyes are so bloodshot and he looks fucked. And w- when he talks about his house has been sold because he's got no family or anything like that and everything's gone. And when he says, I need a shower. And I love it when Em says, well, you're not bloody having one here. And she just walks out of the room. I thought that was quite funny, really. He's got a very dry sense of humour. Looks kind of like James's beard does at the moment. Hmm. So... Bond returns to MI6 uh, and he has to complete a series of physical and psychological examinations before he's cleared to go back in the field. Um, and shrapnel is taken from uh, Bond's shoulder after he gets an injury from um, one of the bullets shot by... He cuts it out Patrice. himself, doesn't he? he I does. don't know why they didn't take it out. Why didn't they? Didn't he not ask him? Well, they might all... I think he got very retro uh, underground type surgery when he was away. Yeah, so he may not have identified it as needing to... Because uh, it wasn't an open wound or anything. It was kind of like he kind of fished around. But, so he failed his, um, his test. However, he passed. Yeah. M, Why saying did he pass? he, he Because they just said you've passed. But M passed him, didn't she? Yeah. And she and why did M feel like she passed him? Does she... Is it, I know she's not meant to have... Because he's the best. But she, re- but she realises he's... You know, he, we can't do it without him. Can't I we? think she knows that he'll get the job done and he's willing to get his hands dirty where possibly other people won't. Okay. Because these, these, the Daniel Craig films have been very, very dark. Yeah. Um, they've gone back to more the way that the books were written yeah. for Bond. Um, less of the gadgets, less of the glamour, really. More, yeah. like, seedy and more, like, he'll do anything to get the job done. Um, he's so, definitely a more realistic Bond. He, he is, yeah. Could, you know, you use that word in these films, but yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um However, the intelligence um, places the uh, bullet, only, no, only used by three different assassins, um, where Bond identifies Patrice from the, the little photo album. Um, but it was the what? The bullet he got, he got the shot bullet with? bullet he got shot with, yeah. But that was Miss Moneypenny that shot him. No, he had another injury. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, Mum's sake. Yeah. Um, so he finds that um, Patrice is going to do an assassination in Shanghai. Right. Uh, Bond is ordered to uh, identify Patrice's employer, recover the stolen hard drive, and kill Patrice. Uh, he receives uh, technology from Q. Now, this is a very more interesting Q branch technique of meeting in the National Gallery. I like the younger Q, I say. I think that it had to change. I think it was really good at the time. Uh, it, it, was, well, it was one of the, it's like, it was like everyone looked forward to that bit. Yeah. See what gadgets. Yeah. But I think. It just had to move with the times, didn't it? Mm. And having a, a younger queue, and, and I like the fact he said I could cause more damage in bed with my laptop, my pajamas, than than before my first cup of Earl Grey. Yeah, I, I like that fact because it just shows that times have changed, and it's all computers now. It's not bombs yeah, and uh, shit like in the that. Pierce and stuff. They had Q, then they had uh, oh, who took over from Q? John Cleese. That's the one, yeah. And and it, and it, it did kind of get tongue in cheek, didn't it? Yeah, it got a bit you're stupid. cleverer than you look, but it's better than looking cleverer than you are. Yeah, yeah. All those type of like one, like, although it's good, but it didn't don't fit the Daniel Craig type character. Definitely not, no. Yeah, no. You know, you couldn't imagine him <clears> having like little one liners, but he gets given his uh, his gun, which is James. I don't know a Wolf of PPK. And what's so special about his Wolf of PPK? Only he can fire it. Mm. Mm. Is that the, in all seriousness? 
We do have guns like that now, don't we? Because we got iPhones like that. That only you can fire. It's not going to fire unless you hold it. I mean, that is that's technology up to date with today, as far as I'm concerned. No, well, it could be. I don't know. Do we, uh, well, surely. I mean, I mean, the fact that I can't look into your iPhone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, because of the way you know the fingerprints and stuff. That. I'm assuming that, that, that we do have the technology for those kind of guns, surely. I honestly don't know. don't know. But it's oh. a lot to go in what is essentially a small item. It, no, yeah. But look how small your iPhone thing is. That's true. It. And there is, there is more technology in an iPhone than sent the first people to the moon. But the iPhone is a whole electronic device. The gun, isn't it? It's more mechanical objects, isn't it? Uh, so would you really want to put that technology on a gun when if the technology doesn't work, you can't use the gun and it's pretty useless? Well, it's probably going to be better technology. I think they can do it. Well, I'd rather shoot someone with a gun than a phone. And 200... more damage 200... on a phone than you can with your gun before I have my You dropped it off the Eiffel Tower on my head. 2,000 rounds of ammunition we used during the filming of uh, Skyfall. Yeah, that's a bit of useless information. I think that's... When he goes to Shanghai... Which isn't technically Shanghai, but yeah. But that scene is such an amazing scene, isn't it? I mean, the, the way it's filmed, and, uh, like, the... Without sounding like a real bleeding ponce or a snob... We're we not going to now anyway. I'm going to anyway, so I don't give a shit. Like, the cinematography of it, the way it's shot, oh, is so good. The when aerial he, shot. Oh, no, well, the aerial shot as well, but I love the part when he... He obviously goes up the lift and he does it all covert and everything like that. And he's he's watching what's the guy's name? Patrice. Patrice, and you've got opposite the big screens where you've got like this massive jellyfish going by, and the lighting, um, the way it's done, it's so dynamic. The colours, and especially the way things are filmed these days, it's just so good and it's so bright and it's so vivid in your face. And you've got the silhouette of Patrice and Bond. I just think the whole scene is done in such style and class I mean it is just brilliant I love that scene yeah and now we have the technology thanks to Blu-ray HD and like LEDs and 4K TVs now yeah. so, so when you watch it on your some people we can't, can't but on your 40 inch uh, 4K for example yeah. that stands out just as much as that would just be incredible it really would yeah, yeah, even yeah. on my old yeah. shitty TV it, it looked absolutely fantastic it was so bright and vivid and it, it just really stuck out for me that scene it wasn't filmed in Shanghai though Still look shit up good though. Where was it filmed? London. Where? They did the aerial shots, I don't know. They did the aerial shots in Shanghai, and then when he enters the building to go up the stairs, I believe, it doesn't say exactly where, but I believe that's at the back of Liverpool Street Station. Oh, right, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so the far end of Liverpool Street Station, there's an office building there, and the front of it looks like that. Um, so he goes and uh, tries to scupper, really, this Patricia's assassination, um, where he stops him just before he's about to shoot. And he falls to his death. That assassination had nothing to do with the film, did it? Because no. he's going to shoot someone who's looking at a painting. Um, no, Bond was just No, but he was just there just, just because that was where yeah. the job was for him. Right, okay. And then, so he looks across, and uh, after he changes Patrice into the skyscraper, looks across and sees a, a lovely lady standing there. She is rather attractive, isn't she? So, and and it's, she's quite mysterious as well, because she turns around... Uh, and you gather that she can't see who Bond is by a dialogue mm. later on in the film, but he can see her. Mm. Um, and he's obviously taken out just one of the, a very well-known hitman, isn't he? Yeah, so uh, in Patrice's um, equipment um, is a, a gambling chip, um, which leads him to casino in Macca. Mackay. Mackay. Yeah. Whatever that is. Um, right, Bond is approached by, somebody else can pronounce it instead of me, Severin? 
Would that be a good one? Yes. Uh, whom um, he uh, witnessed as an accomplice in the assassination, the uh, very attractive young lady that was uh, next to the bloke with the painting, and asked to meet the person for whom she and Patrice work. Um, she warns him that he's about to be killed uh, by her bodyguards, but promises to help Bond if he will kill her employer. Interesting little fight scene in the casino. A little bit of yeah. money penny action as well on scene. It's as well. quite good. I li- yeah, I quite like this scene because they go in together, uh, Bond and Money Penny as a team, and he meets uh, this woman uh, who is very attractive, and he knows that um, that she was the one in the hotel room. But at the time, she doesn't know that he was the one who killed Patrice. Yeah. And he gets the chip with four million euros in, and he then instantly works out that. She's not the brains behind it all, and that she was bought uh, when she was probably twelve years old, and she's worked as a sex slave and a mistress, and and she just wants out of it. And she warns Bond that this guy is a different kind of evil. He's he's really really horrible, and Bond doesn't really give a shit, does he? And they kind of make a, a deal there and then in the bar, even though Bond is aware that the bodyguards uh, are going to kill him shortly after. Well, Bond. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he, he, he a, nice, a, a good little fight scene that shows the gun in action without um, because one of the bodyguards picks up the gun, yeah. tries to shoot Bond but can't, uh, and then obviously gets his head kicked in. He loses eaten. that gun at the bottom of the pit. It gets left there, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty useless really. So he can't return it as asked for. Yeah, why does why do they always say why do Q branch always say Q quartermasters just in case James wasn't quite looking. Um, why don't they always say return it when it's never going to be returned in one piece? Yeah. It's just fair. If lost, please return to. Like a, yeah. A little sticker. Please, please return to Embankment, Victoria. Were they Komodo dragons? What, what were they, those massive dragons? Don't they? You're the reptile expert, yeah? You are. Yeah, but I haven't... Uh, I didn't get down to that bit. I didn't actually see it. I kind of... I was fast, yeah. fast flicking, fast forwarding, trying to watch as much as I could. See, I, I've watched it all twice. Uh, so, Bond kills anyway. He, he kills the bodyguards. And uh, joins Severin on a yacht, um, where you know she's going to be taken to a island, um, which looks kind of very much deserted. Um, and he's going to meet the uh, her employer, which is Raoul Silva, who's a former MI6 um, officer who has previously worked under M, and he gets on quite well. Which is a, well, it's a little bit homoerotic. What but... did you think of the baddie in this? The main baddie. I thought he was all right. A little, bit, a little bit funny, Silver, yeah. Brow Silver. I thought he was very good. He looks... He looks really menacing. Yeah, and I love the dialogue between him and um, Bond as well, like the, the camp jokes that they were making. I thought they were very funny, because obviously he's got quite a crush on Bond, is not he? Yeah, he's, he's proper camp. Yeah. Um, so he's turned to uh, cyber-terrorism, orchestrating the attacks on MI6, um, and the deserted island is replicated on a island... Off of Japan. It's a okay. monitor lizard. Well, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, monitor lizard. Uh, yeah, and, um, and again, well, that's, a, that's a combination of uh, CGI and also uh, set filming. Um, Isn't the reason being that why he's a little bit nutty and everything is because didn't he previously work for uh, M and he got captured by the Chinese and M refused to hand him over and make a, a deal? And yeah, she got six, or uh, six operatives. Yeah, and basically, he—it's all about getting M back, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's kind of very much gone bitter and twisted and revenge, and yeah. a, he's got a cyanide capsule in the back of his mouth, uh, back on his back tooth, 
that he tried to crack that didn't yeah. kill him and it just burned basically the inside which is of his why mouth. he takes his kind of false teeth or whatever out yeah. the way his face just it's quite just droops it's, it's quite it's, Really disturbing, yeah, yeah. That really is that scene. Yeah. That you're like, Whoa, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. So, um, yeah, wait, we'll come to it in a second. So, while they're Bond and uh, Silver are actually look down to see if I can kick you, and I realized, no, you were just well, legs are too short. No, yeah. anyway, moving on. So, Bond and Silver they're in um, like a room full of servers, and they go outside on this island, uh, where they've got a very nice bottle of whiskey, and uh, Severin is standing against a um. A fallen statue, and uh, Silver walks up to her and puts a shot glass on her head. Did you think she and would says, die? Don't lose your head. Yeah, obviously. Because I mean, Bond's Bond's kind of had his wicked way with that, anyway. So on the yacht on the way. Yeah. So I don't think Bond was that bothered because Bond does what he does best, doesn't he? At the end of the day, and a bit like pandas, eat shoots and leaves. <laughs> exactly, and she's just another notch on the bedboard, and uh, he doesn't really mind. To be honest, he didn't really seem that bothered, did he? No, but. So she's standing there, he, Bond gets taunted to try and shoot her because of Silver has got all the information. He knows that Bond failed all of his psychological and his physical assessments, including his shooting and stuff. Mm. And uh, he says, are you going like, to kind of get, get the scores back? And he, he lines up, but he doesn't, Bond doesn't shoot. But Silver shoots her dead and the shot glass falls off her head. Uh, and then suddenly Bond is back, so to speak. He shoots yeah. all of Silver's bodyguards. And then some Lynx helicopters come and hover it's above. It's pretty cool, that bit, isn't it? When he yeah. takes all the bodyguards out. I like that scene. He does that very clearly. Yeah, so just one after the other, and then um, he's rescued. What do you think about that bit, James? I liked it. What bit did you like more? We shot the bodyguards, the tension of the scene. The fact that, the fact that they actually built it up. You, I mean, even with me, you're questioning, OK, how's he going to get out of this one? Right? So, Bond, and then, and then you start wondering whether he's actually going to shoot her or not. You know she's pretty much dead anyway now. Um, as you said, once he had a wicked row there, and then as you said, he kind of like um, it's almost like a like a rebirth, really, back 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 to the old Bond at the beginning of the film. But the way the bodyguards were standing, did you think he'd be able to shoot them? Pardon? The way they were, did you think he'd be able to shoot them? I did, didn't I? Well, he obviously did, didn't he? But did you think that? That's that's the kind of the important part of it. Did, did it of course, it is. James Bond. Of course and why did it get surprise out you? Pardon? Well, that part didn't surprise me. The thing that surprised me was you obviously trying to catch me out because you're a knob. But yeah, the fact that, <laughs> that I mean, boys and girls, that's what down to it. Yeah, Stuart is a knob at the moment. Yeah, it is now uh, five to eight on the twenty eighth of October. Stuart is a knob until I say otherwise. <laughs> anyway, we'll carry on with the film. So uh, Silver is captured and removed back to Britain to uh, MI6's underground headquarters at Smithfield Market because that's where it is. Uh, Q attempts to decrypt Silver's laptop, but inevitably that enables him to put a Trojan worm. We've been here before. Trojan worm into the system through the firewall um, yep, and uh, allowing uh, Silver to escape um, after uh, the uh, do you think Trojan b- worm. Before Silver went there, um, do you think he discovered their camp or not? Don't rise don't to it. What? He would have known what would have happened because he would have known the no, protocol. No, no, Graham, you just thought you were right. He would, he would have known the protocol and he would have known that that's where he would have been taken. Right, okay. Yeah, because he was an ex-agent. See, right, right. don't even look why at me, Why did you write to it? I didn't write to it, I just explained. Right, so um, inevitably he's, he's able to leave and he escapes uh, into the sewers, into the dark depths of London. But this was all planned, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He even knew when he was there that he was going to escape at some point. Which makes me laugh that they don't take, in these films, it's quite tropey, but they don't take all the, the proper precautions when they've got someone who's capable of actually blowing up MI6 and everything else. And then 
lock him in a room with a goon as a guard. Yeah, and you may even you may as well just tell him the whole plot of what you're going to do and what was going to happen next because they're going to escape. I mean, it's it's really Austin Powers. But Bond realizes that Silver wanted to be captured as part of the plan to confront and kill M. Um, so uh, so he uh, kind of wants to protect M, I suppose, doesn't he? Yeah, M was quite out of her depth, and I think Bond realised that, really. Well, she's not really an agent as such, she's just a boss, isn't she, essentially? Yeah, she's a politician. Yeah. Yeah. So Bond gives chase through a network of underground tunnels. This is where I'm going to start having a whinge. Right, through underground tunnels. Okay, here we Uh, go, here we go. And into the underground system. Mr. London speaking. So, uh... (gasps) Go. So first of all, M is... Obviously not in the underground facility. She is at a what is meant to be a cabinet off cabinet building. Yes. Uh, that cabinet building is Tower Hill, which is by the Tower of London. That's not a cabinet building. It's some other office block. It's just used for this film, but um, as a film set. But she's in there, um, and this is all taking place at kind of Westminster Charing Cross Embankment. So uh, he comes off at Bond comes up at uh, Charing Cross Station, uh, then Temple, and then Embankment. Um, so he gets on a district line train, uh, goes in the back door on a is green. That, is that the green one? Uh, it does, uh, and it doesn't go through Charing Cross either. So that's the first faux pas uh, on this uh, thing. Yeah. So uh, and then he's running through Charing Cross Station, but you can't really. There's not really that lot through Charing Cross Station. And then he ends up suddenly in embankment. Well, there's no way of getting between the two, apart from running over over you the are streets. So anal about I am. This. It really annoys me. And then he goes to Temple. Well, he's going the wrong way. Because it's meant to be Westminster, so he's going the wrong way down the track. Oh, so it means nothing and then, to me. And then, I don't uh, know any of this. and then he's running again through. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! But, What's going on? And then he's running again through Charing Cross Station, and then pops up, but outside Westminster Station. What should he not? No. Where should he pop up? Outside Charing Cross you Station. Know, I would, I would love to see it from your point of view, but oh, I can't you... get my head that far in my own ass, <laughs> <house>, Graham. No. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, he's, so he's chasing, he's chasing Silver. But in all seriousness, well done, well done. That, that was good. He's chasing, he's chasing Silver through the, uh, uh, the underground system, um, where he gets handed, Silver gets handed a Metropolitan Police uniform. Right. Was uh, it a Metropolitan Police uniform? It was. Yes. It was, okay. It was yeah. accurate. Well. Yes. Do you believe it was a Metropolitan Police uniform? Yes. And did you know that the collar number? That is on the Metropolitan Police uniform is 101, which is a non-emergency number for the police. Oh, is it really? Yeah. There yeah, you of course. Go. There you go. Um, so he's chasing him anyway, chasing him around, um, and then they confront each other in a disused underground tunnel. Is he in when he gets given the police uniform? Uh, I, I don't really know much about London. I know it's quite a dirty place. That's about it, really. Um, I know you're very passionate about London, aren't you? Clearly. Is he? In, is that kind of area where he is, City of London, or is it... City of Westminster. So, should he have the red uniform on? No, he should have the Metropolitan Police Uniform. Right. Apart from when he goes to, no, even Temple Station, he's just outside City So, I've got no idea about these things. Yeah. So, what, stage, what main stations are in City of London, City of London then? This is for another podcast, there are five, and 12 underground stations. Okay, thanks. <laughs> if any of you are planning a trip to London, England... I suggest you uh, send us a tweet or message us on uh, Facebook. I should imagine the best qualified person in England to give you any advice on London will be Grim. Graham. going to tell you everything about it, because I've not got a clue, but I know a man who's very passionate about it. So uh, Just that just annoys me, because 
And then when he pops up out of Westminster Underground Station and runs up Whitehall, that's a long run to where M is if that is the building that she's in, because that's like across the city. But it's not 24, it's not actual time, is it? No, but it's just frustrating, because by the time he gets there, he'll be knackering anyway. But no wonder gets... you're so fucking miserable all the time. <laughs> if these little things are really wearing you down, it must be really hard. Yeah, so... So I'm going to give this from a one, because of that. I you know it's my favourite So, Silver's yeah. disguised as a police officer. He gets in a car and drives to the inquiry where M is, with the intention to obviously, um, obviously kill her. Uh, but Bond can't get the message to M, because... They're just ignoring and they're ignoring any any email, any tweet that he's going through. Um, Em's just sitting there with her uh, personal assistant, secretary, who's getting all the messages flagging up on the computer, but ignoring them. It's an interesting relationship between Bond and M, isn't it? When you think that she, the fact that she kind of obviously he knows that she said take the shot, and it just goes to show that they they do have a friendship, but they do know. Kind of the, the orders are orders. Business, and they, you know what I mean. It's not yeah. that sort of business kind of. Thing, and, right? and I think that's really interesting. The fact that she said, "Yeah, shoot," he got shot, and if they get captured to save England and the national security of England or even the world, that she'd say, "No, you're a dead man," or "We're going to disown you." We'll deny it's ever happened. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to it, he's willing to put his life on the line for her. Knowing the fact that if it was kind of the other way around, it wouldn't happen. It, it wouldn't happen, and that's quite interesting. I never, really it, put it, I never really saw it from that point. Is how much is professional and how much is personal between Bond and? That M. sounds like a dissertation question, isn't it? Bond, in, ter- in, ter- in terms of that film, how much is professional, how much is personal? Mm. Discuss. Um, yeah. I'd, no, I, I never really thought. In, in all honesty, being serious, I never really thought about it from that point of view. You've actually opened up my eyes. Well, there you go. It just See? just proves that I can be serious sometimes. So, Silver goes in. <laughs> that, was, that was a really long silence. I know, I was trying to go for a I'm going to take you by that silence that so you both think I'm a fuckwit, yeah. which is fine. No, so Silver goes in and tries to kill him, but um, Bill Tanner, her uh, personal aide, gets her out of the building, hurried. Um, Silver and his henchmen get shot at, and Silver still survives. Um, Bond sitting outside in the, uh, in the jag and uh, waiting for him to come out. <laughs> why is it always, when, why is it always when it, on my podcast you two children just mess about no we're not messing around I'll, I'll stick in my middle finger up at you boys and yards anyway so face. Bill Tanner puts um, puts M in the, in the jag and then Bond just drives off um, allowing the emergency services to uh, to come and kind of sort out the rest of the rest of the scene um, and this is a goosebump moment. This was a goosebump moment of the film for me, I think. Oh, yes. Uh, where, uh, where, roll, where Bond uh, drives to a railway arch, uh, a lock-up, opens it up, and in there is a DB5. It's a beautiful, beautiful car, isn't it? There is yeah. no finer car than an Aston Martin, for me personally. They are they're quintessential English sports cars for the the rich and famous they are beautiful cars to look at and every time I go to work I drive past one and uh, the garage I look at it and think one day I will own that if I win the so, lottery well, I will so, if, you, if you're on the lottery money's not a problem the Aston Martin's your dream car yes for me it is yeah. because yeah. It, it exudes style it's yeah. just beautifully crafted cars the Aston Martins really are nice cars 
I would love a DB5. If anyone from Aston Martin is listening to this, you want to give me an Aston Martin, I'm willing to have the podcast name painted on the side of it and their garage as well. I really don't mind. I'm a slag to anything like that. Um, But this fit the DB5 is from Goldfinger and Thunderball. But the uh, registration plate on uh, the DB5 in Skyfall is BMT21. 6A, which is uh, the same as in Goldfinger and Thunderball. Uh, interesting fact, the, the uh, DB series of Aston Martin cars are named after Sir David Brown, uh, who was an entrepreneur, <coughs> adventurer and chairman of Aston Martin in the late 40s. I didn't know that. I always wonder what DB stood for on the Aston Martin yeah, cars. I missed Brown. that. Sorry, I was pissing about. DB stands for David Brown, who... Oh. Um, invented the first. It basically, was the chairman of Aston yeah, Martin yeah, in the forties. So where did the name Aston Martin come from? Maston what? Aston Maston. Aston Martin. I don't know where Aston Martin comes from. But I don't know. Oh. Um, so uh, he, he gets in the D- DB5, and then uh, they drive up to Scotland with um, Tanner and Q making a trail of breadcrumbs. And he doesn't use the eject button. He doesn't use. He, he, he threatens. He threatens he to eject him. When the, I mean, you have James Bond films more than uh, anyone I know. I did have. A, I did have the DB5 toy with the ejector seat. I've got that. Yeah, I do. One of the ones a long time ago. Thank you, my kids. What James Bond was it used first in that one? That's uh, it. Golfinger. That's it. And uh, what did you think when they went to use BMW? That's not it. Although that, yeah. that side yeah. says it all. Really doesn't. Um, how can I put this? It's like when BMW redesigned the Mini. I wasn't a fan at the time, but now I am. And that is kind of the same. It's just a different car, but it's good to see that they kind of only did a couple of films with BMW and then... Well, that was, that was so sad because it was down to money, that rather than... Everything. It's it's akin... It, it's the same kind of sacrilege as having, like, you know, a Lamborghini pulling along a bloody caravan on a yeah. country road. You know, but, it shouldn't happen. And it's also kind of like the... Aston Martin pay a lot of money to be in Bond films. Mm. And it's kind of like, obviously, BMW were not given the same, I suppose, business potential towards um, Bond. Ironically enough, when that got announced, I think for Goldeneye was the first one, it just got a lot of bad press. And it did no one any favours, I think. And and, and that kind of, like, bad taste almost a lot of people But it's not on the thing, though, with Aston Martin, it's your dream car. Mm. My dream car. Everyone's like, everyone would love one. But not many people have them or have the models that are seen in the films. So, but a BMW Z4... It's not oil trader for about five and a half grand now. So it's kind of like they're accessible, whereas an Aston Martin you need, is still you need not accessible. You, yeah, yeah. Unless you're rich and famous, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because what do they use? A five series BMW that got driving to the front of Avis in Frankfurt. And, uh, but BMW, they've got the Vanquish Vanish. So nice. Such a lovely car. I mean, what, the, the Aston Martin Vanquish? The one in um, Die Another Day. That was the, uh, the one that vanished, wasn't it? I mean, mm. that car was just stunning. It really was beautiful. I mean, all of the, the uh, Aston Martin cars, it's just so nice. And a DB9, I believe. DB9, DB10, DB9, I think. It, that is made for the new Bond film. Only a handful of them were made, like eight or nine of them were made. Oh, my goodness. I've ordered yeah. my one. I can't afford it, but I've ordered one. And uh, in Casino Royale, where um, they go around the <laughs> Nürburgring, which James knows about the Nürburgring, yeah. Where the uh, what's her name? Where Vespa's lying on the ground. Mm. They wrote off ten, twelve cars, cars yeah, yeah, to get the to get the right thing. But yeah, I just I, I'm happy that that 
well, happy until the end, where that D, they were the DB5. Yeah, it's yeah. there. Um, I, I race Aston Martin all the time in GT3 and Project Cars. Always, nearly always. Is that the long tail? Uh, no, that's long tail. Long tail. No. The Aston Martin GT3, there's two that go, GT3 and a GTE. And I nearly always race a GTE. Is that the one where you became third best in the world? Uh, no, that's McLaren long tail. So, because um, they class in Project Cars all the GTs all together, even though they shouldn't be, so you've got different categories. But mm. when Alex and I. From, from the hot lap, uh, racer GT3, I'm nearly always the Aston Martin. He's, he floats with the Aston Martin, ironically enough, and the BMW. Because I'm nearly always last, aren't I? No, not always. <laughs> Most of the time it's me. Um, when you play, so, uh, yeah, when I play. so Bond's driving up to, first in my heart. to Scotland, so. to his family estate and his childhood home. Um, and which what, is called Skyfall, isn't it? Which is called Skyfall. Skyfall. That's funny because that's the name of the that's film. That's the name of the film. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. I never realised that. And this is the first time you see. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a really good point. What was that, G? Uh, that's right. Thanks. This is the first time you see um, Mallory with the support of other people, uh, where uh, Tenor and Q are trying to lay the trail of breadcrumbs. He comes in and, and kind of shows his support. It's not very often that James Bond is on the run, though, is it? You know, he's kind of. Well, no, but that, that's what's so good about this guy. Um, and, and imagine about the new film Spectre, that the bad guys, they're so much worse than what James Bond has dealt with before in terms of a threat to James. You know, you know James Bond, it's always personal. Yeah. Well, it really is between him and you know, them and obviously M. That, um, uh, yeah, you, you see him challenge in a, way, in a way that we haven't really seen him challenge before. Does it, give you a, does it give you a, thing, a thought that maybe it's not, it's gone away from the baddie of... I expect you to die. And, yeah. uh, and you kind of actually now think, hold on a minute, he's not going to get out this funny scrape. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> because he's there, he's got, hasn't got kind of the, uh, the weaponry that he's had previously in the gadgets. No. It's just what he can find and he hasn't got any backup with regards to hundreds of soldiers and agents and planes flying over to drop bombs on him and shit like that. He's really exposed. And, and Skyfall's where he grew up as a kid, isn't it? James yeah. James Bond, yeah. So I think it's really interesting. It's good to go back to the roots. I like that. Mm. Mm. So he's going up to, uh, to Skyfall and he meets the Skyfall gamekeeper, Albert Finney. Yes. Good old Albert Finney. Classic British actor. He is. Very good. Uh, and the trio basically arm themselves with uh, what's left after the family home's been sold because of... Bond was presumed dead, um, and trying to make booby traps uh, and all sorts, and they show the um, priest hole um, that is where people would go and hide and run away during the, I don't know, old times. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know when they would use a hole like that, to be honest. I mean, I, I can't pick a, a period of when they'd use it. it w- it's kind of like oh, dissolution of monastery. That's the only like time I can think of. It's yeah. the Tudors, but... That's, a, that's probably a long time before that. But so it wouldn't have been when the English were fine against because it was that's, it's too modern for that. Yeah. It? So, but they go down. They they show the basically where um, Bond, as as he's quoted, goes in, went in there when he found out both his parents had died. Uh, went in a boy and came out a man mm. after a couple of days. But that was the that was the escape route that was that was used by all three of them really to get away from uh, Silver. But Silver turns up on a helicopter. With a, a load of people going first um, to try and assault the uh, assault the house, um, and they all get killed, uh, and then um, the helicopter comes in and Silver just starts throwing incendiary grenades into yeah. a nice wooden house in Scotland, uh, where they built a, they actually built a scale model. Oh really? Yeah. Um, in the studio, they built a scale model and blew it up. So the house does get destroyed completely. Yeah, they it? blew it 
really up. And it's not filmed in Scotland either. It is filmed uh, somewhere else because they couldn't get uh, permission to film it. Oh. And they couldn't, yeah, couldn't build the, the structure. In Did you like the area. fight at the end of it? Did you think it, it kind uh, of matched I, I, the it, other fights? I think it didn't need, it didn't need like 50 million henchmen first. It could have just done with the helicopter going in first. I, I felt it was almost a bit too much. Yeah, because you can see him, you can see him like walking across the moor towards mm. the house. Just a line of like 20 henchmen. Yeah. And you're going, if you've got any sense, you would just go pop, 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 pop. Yeah. And, and they wouldn't do that. So I kind of think it was like more of a half-assed attempt, really, to try and get to M, which is obviously the target, rather than Bond in this case. But that's good that <sighs> Bond for the target, because you know Bond can take care of himself. You know M's a lot more vulnerable. Mm. I just found, for me, this part was just a little bit padded out too much. Mm. Well, they needed to fill a two and a half hours of a film. Yeah, it didn't need to be two and a half hours later. I don't know, we should discuss towards the end. But, um, so they go, off, uh, the two of them, um, M and the gameskeeper, go uh, down the sink, uh, down the priest hole, uh, and then out onto the moor. Uh, but obviously by then it's dark, uh, and Silver then sees the flashing light of, uh, of the gamekeeper and M. But while the assault's happening from the first wave, uh, M gets shot, but doesn't tell anyone that she gets shot. So they... I like that, that's kind of... She tries to be That's hard. That's very British she? about her, isn't it? That she doesn't want to make a fuss. She's not going to be a, a kind of a typical woman crying yeah. in these kind of films that they put them in and needs help and stuff like that. She's kind of a British stiff upper lip and let's carry on and nothing's wrong. But obviously that means that she can't walk very fast when she gets out the other end of the priest hole and across the, the rough ground. Um, so Silver makes after her, after Bond manages to blow up the whole house and the helicopter mm, using right. what's left. Uh, he goes in the priest hole uh, and then comes out and then looks um, looks towards the house as, it, as it's blowing up. Uh, and there's Silver and two henchmen left. There is, yeah. And uh, Bond runs across the moor, jumps up and takes one of the henchmen out and then runs across a lake. I don't know why he decides to do that, but a frozen lake in Scotland is probably not the best idea to run across. Any lake. Uh, yeah, any lake. Don't go onto frozen water, boys and girls. Yes. Uh, and he stops as Silver is standing in front of him on dry land. Uh, and then a henchman comes up behind him as well. Yeah. And then they have a little wrestle under the water uh, after uh, the ice has been broken, so to speak. Uh, and then uh, Silver continues after M and then finds M and the gamekeeper in the church, where it gets kind of a bit dark. Kind yeah, of. for me, it was starting to get padded out and come on, let's get an end, let's get an end when it was getting onto this part. Even when I watched it originally at the cinema, I was thinking, fucking hell, this is quite a long film and it's got to end pretty soon. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame that they didn't not kind of the out. It was quite good, but yeah, as, as Graham said, they need all they need all, all, the, all those people. You still could have got realistically got to the same point where Bond is, is there and M the Gamesman is there much quicker. Because you know, I mean, you, you know Bond's not going to die. So it, sometimes you, you, I, but you didn't really know M was going to die. But no, no, but you know Bond ain't going to die definitely, and and I, it didn't really bother me that M died anyway. But, me, I was upset. No, I don't care, me. but um, you know he's not going to die, so you kind of think, this is false tension that they're giving me, uh, and after a while I just think, for Christ, let's get pissed, like, let's get on with it, it. I'm getting pissed of, off. Of the, they were, they were like, teasing you so much, where, and putting the tension so much, you kind of became numb to it. Come in, But I, just, I wanted to just get on with it, it was like last night, I was flicking through the TV and they had, it's a shit film anyway, and it, you can't compare, compare this, but it was that G.I. Joe retaliation, or oh, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. And at the, the end of it, they had The Rock and some other bloke, and he had to get a case to blow up these satellites, otherwise the whole world would have blown up. Oh, no. And you think, 
The Rock is not going to die. He's going to kick this geezer's ass. And again, they tried to build up this tension. And it went on and on and on. And you think, ah, oh, for Christ's well, sake. Well, you say that, but that's why I said the use of M is really, really good. Because she's vulnerable. She can't really defend herself. And she's the... Uh, and it's her that, that, that helps with the tension. Rather but I'd rather see M dying and M suffering. I see, okay, I see what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. then kind of you thinking... The development around rap rather than... Yeah, yeah, rather than half a dozen okay. henchmen. No, yeah, it's Dame Judi Dench going to really die. Because she... She's huge in this. She's such a part of the franchise. Surely she can't die. And then teasing you with that a bit, rather yeah. than it's Bond going to die. No, of course he ain't. Yeah, no, you're right. That, that probably was the better way of doing it. So yeah. Silver goes into the church and uh, tries to kill M. But he notices after a while that she's uh, she's kind of injured. He puts a gun to gun to her head and then puts it in her hand and then forces it her to put it to her head and says that he wants to for her to kill both of them with one bullet. Um, you know, that, kind of like the way it should be. And Which shows of, how fucked up he is. Yeah, it? it's kind of like, hold on a minute, this is a little bit kind of fruity. And yeah. then he notices that she's she's hurt and he's almost distraught because he wanted to hurt her. Yeah. And somebody else has hurt her to the point where she's on the way to dying. Yeah. And he's just devastated. Isn't it refreshing? And I like the end of this part. I love the fact that he's so twisted. Uh, and it just shows how kind of fucked up he is. That. It isn't about someone going to press the button to launch a nuclear missile to start no. a world war. It's so refreshing that it's yes. uh, it's so personal that it's only about um, her, him killing M for the way that she uh, treated him and for what he went through. I think that's so refreshing. It's not about the whole world. It's not about Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, no. all these other countries. It's a personal thing about someone... Who's a complete bloody nutcase. But that makes it a little bit more hurt. darker, doesn't it? Because it takes you to a more It makes it more believable level, yeah. as well. And I think, uh, it's not all of what you're saying, it isn't all of Daniel Craig's Bond, but I think uh, Daniel Craig, it was almost like a reboot for the whole Bond franchise, I think. Yeah. Um, as we've been saying, and that, that slightly darker tone, that slightly more towards realism, even, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. And I, and I think it's done, the, it's done the franchise a world of good. I think had they gone down what the Pierce Brosnan line, which was really just a development from Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore, you know, that yeah. kept on going, um, Bond wouldn't be as successful as it was today. And I think that mm. reboot, we, I, can't, I can't stress how important I think that was. Yeah, it was. So they'd have franchise. characters, someone would turn up and go, what's your name? Oh, fuck a lot. Oh, I hope so. We'll find yeah, out it later. was almost pushing a lot. Yeah. Um, it was almost turning to Austin. <laughs> well, it was. Which was it apparently was. a James Bond. But yeah. 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 Um, so, um, they're obviously been held hostage kind of by uh, Silver and then Bond comes in and throws a knife in his back which mm. is quite ironic really not the first time he's been stabbed in the back is no. it? no um, so he then dies uh, and then Bond realises that M is pretty much death's door anyway um, and then he holds her in kind of like a bit of a dramatic kind of I dying like in my scene. arm scene but it kind of shows that they're not. There is something else. There was mm. something else between. Them. I think he's had sex with her at some point. No, I reckon it's more of a mother son. <laughs> I was going to auntie. Nephew, he's, yeah, he's kind son. of. He's you know he's orphaned, and he kind of looks at her as a role model and as kind of guiding figure oh, and someone God. that's in his life to offer him support. No, like, he hasn't had sex with her. I like, no, I like. No, her. no. No, I like your angle, but I'm going to stick with mine. All right, you you've been outvoted. You have. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she no. dies in his arms. And then... Um, tonight. Yeah, if I... I just died in your arms tonight. Must have been something that's safe. Well, in this case, it was a bullet. Oh, yeah. The whole entire podcast. I should have walked away. Yourself at the end. Um, so, following M's uh, unfortunate funeral, 
Um, Eve formally introduces herself. There is a new cutting crew album out, by the way. The people that actually turn that song. They I don't, I don't, I'm mm. not, never been a fan. I don't know, Karen, uh, Yeah, so, um, Moneypenny actually introduces herself properly uh, to James Bond as Eve Moneypenny um, and retires from field work to become a secretary of the new head of MI6, which is uh, Mallory, uh, who assumes the title of M. It kind of shows you a link there between yes. the old-fashioned M in an office with Moneypenny to how they almost got there. It shows, like, the whole Daniel Craig franchise part of it, it's shown the development of how Bond became... It's like a prequel, the yeah. films we've seen already. So this is kind of ties everything up. Unfortunately, DB5 won't be making another appearance, because that's destroyed. But um, they kind of show that that's how Bond has... These last few films have shown how he's developed, mm. and now he's come into this original, what we would... Say so the original setup for yeah. M, Money, Penny, and Bond. And you can imagine this M going out kicking ass with Bond as well. You probably won't do, no. But you, you can imagine him doing. Yeah, it, because of it, like the history and stuff that they've they've alluded to in this film, saying that he was in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Saying that he did um, secret stuff in Northern yeah, Ireland. Yeah, he's been and, operational. He's done it before. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before they were kind of geezers who were sixty or seventy years old, smelled peppermints and sat behind the desk and hadn't done anything. But this one, you can imagine him going through a window doing a commando role. And then giving everyone the bird. Yeah, so that... Uh, and then uh, pretty much Bond will return. Uh, will he return, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Inspector. Oh, yeah, he's Inspector. Oh, he? Is this Daniel Craig's last Bond film, though? He said he was doing... Uh, he's not he's doing money. six more. He's signed up. Okay, he's not. He's doing, he, was, he meant to sign up to do Spectre and one more, um, but they don't know if he's going to do one more or not. I think he will. I think Well, will. as Drew said, quite rightly, and I'm not trying to criticise Daniel Craig... Um, before Bond, what did he really do? Nothing particularly of note. And he didn't do it, and he hasn't done really anything particularly of note during for the Bond series. So I'd imagine this is going to be, the next one may well be his last hurrah. If he does go, or when he does go, um, I've said previously that I would like Idris Elba. But I think he'll be too old. I think No, not necessarily. I, he's only early, late 30s now, isn't he? No, I, I agree with you, but I think if they do another Bond film... Oh, yeah, then, then I think it'll be too old. I think it's basically the perfect age would have been just after Luther, I think would have been the best time. I think he'd to be such gone. a good James Bond. Yeah, he's but got a great demeanour. Yeah, he's got such an attitude with him. Just, he's uh, brilliant presence, and I think he's great, and he's proved that he can do so many different things from being in the Wyatt to being in Luther. Yeah, it's Prometheus. Yeah, it's absolutely about, um, brilliant. Was it Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy? No. I, I, I wouldn't like to see Tom Hardy in I don't. I don't think he would be a good Bond. Do you not? No. He's done, he's done he's one of the old, He's done one of the old Craig film recently. Yeah. Was it Legends or something? Yeah. yeah. He's done well there, but I can't. I. I imagine him as a Bond villain. Yes. Yeah. He'd be a really good villain, but um, an actual Bond himself. I think but. I'd love to see. Uh, I think it'd be great to see a Black James Bond. I really do. I mean, the colour of him really doesn't bother me, or the. If they're Chinese or anything, it doesn't bother me. If someone can do that role, I think that he, role, he's, he's I the think best. They can he's do the it. best British actor to take the role forward and yeah. will fit to what they're doing because obviously the, the director's going to change next one um, as well. I was going to a link to you, James, at the yeah. end when he's standing on the roof looking out over the. Uh, oh yes, yeah, that is inspired and meant to be very much like Batman. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like a Batman kind of looking out over Gotham type yeah. thing while he's mm. looking out. And I'm oh. not, yeah. So, well, uh, I mean, we, we look at it throughout the... James Bond is almost like um, 
semi-superhero in terms of what he's kind of done and the amount of people he saved. Yeah, and had sex. The way they look at it. Yeah. And, wow, there you go. He, his, his superpower is seducing women. Yeah, and not getting an STD. He's done really well. That's, mm. quite, that's quite impressive. It, it is. is. So, we've now got to that time. Best bits, worst bits? Four out of five. Best bit was all of it, apart from the end, which probably went on a tiny bit too long. Four out of five. Oh, no, fuck it, 4.5. There we go. I've changed. Oh, out of five. He, no, he's I've swinging all the time. This, this is up there. I, the Casino Royale, I'd give a 4.5, and I probably enjoyed that a bit more. That was probably because, I think I watched it at the cinema with my dad, Casino Royale, and this, but it was the, the whole reboot. James went, oh, this is really new. You know, Daniel Craig, I didn't think it was going to work, and I was really surprised and happy that it was all fitting into place. And I think this is up there with it. Um, the Quantum of Solace, I think, is, the, is almost the, yeah. uh, the, the one... That they, they tried to make that a Mission Impossible born film and it didn't quite work. But this puts the franchise back where it should be and I imagine Spectre is just going to, you know, carry on that tradition. Stu? Uh, I'll give it a four out of five. Uh, I really enjoyed the start of it. I thought it was fantastic action. Uh, I thought it was a very good twist at the end with uh, M dying. I thought that was great. I think it had to be done. And it was done in a very tasteful way. Uh, some bits towards the end were a bit padded out and I was starting to watch uh, the clock to see how long was left uh, but yeah I thought it was a really good film I love the tie-ins uh, it was Bond back to the way I like to watch Bond not so much tongue-in-cheek Daniel Craig is a, an amazing James Bond and Sam Mendes is amazing at um, directing these films he's absolutely yeah. superb uh, 5 out of 5 for me Sam Mendes is a great director. Did you give the Sweeney five out of five? I think so. Fucking hell. Do you, um, are you going to go back to the Sweeney and change the score on No, him? no. I like that. Could James Bond take out the Sweeney? If I, if I had to never watch another type of franchise or film again and I could pick one for the rest of my life... It would be this. It would be James Bond. Really? I would not watch another film that is... ever... Big old statement. Well, no, all the Bond films, so however many they've been, all, what, 24 of them, 25 of them, if I, someone said to me, right, you're not allowed to watch uh, anything else, you can pick one franchise type thing to pick, what would you pick? Like, you would probably choose Star Wars. Star Wars or Marvel, probably. Yeah, be really hard but this twist. would be my, this is, for me, this is my Marvel. Yes. So, five out of five. Um, Sam Mendes is a great director, and I'm pretty sure he's probably done an amazing job with the new one as well. Uh, Daniel Craig is a good Bond, although he's getting a bit old now, but he's still there and it doesn't look it. And I quite like the way they've now gone Bond women to bring up to the same age as Bond. Yes, that uh, and the new done, one because there's nothing worse than some 22 year old swooning over a, a clearly 50 year old man. But now they've done it, and they've done it with old, an older cast. Yeah. I think that's that. Um, I'm really looking more forward mature to cast. It yeah. was shocking, wasn't it, when you saw Roger Moore in his 60s, especially that one. I can't remember where it was where there was that young girl ice skating. Yeah, and uh, she must have been about what 17 or something. I can't remember what Bond film it was. It was one where they climbed up that massive mountain. Due to a kill? No, they climbed up the huge mountain at the end, didn't yeah. they? And oh, the base was on top of the mountain. I'm sure that, no, yeah. And, yeah, uh, sure yeah, 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 with um, Thumper and that one. Isn't that a view I to a kill? No, no. And um, and he must have been about fucking 60 then. And the part way through, he started banging this 17-year-old. It just so wasn't right. Well, I think she was 17. She looked, looked at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. She looked so young. But it was just like unbelievable. It's like when you do a porn search on old young. 
and I'm sure it'll come up with loads of Roger Moore in the future now <laughs> in doing some young work. I've but, never done yeah. up on search like that before. Well, I made I've, it I've got friends who have, that's why. I'll, I'll make it when I get home just for research purposes for the podcast. Um, but yeah, I think all of it is exceptional. And, What's the um, bad thing about it then? The continuity. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, that's, that's what you didn't like that's, about That's it. the only thing that annoys me is the fact that I that Westminster got, Chapel yeah. embankment weren't in the right places at uh, Charing Cross, yeah. Chow- oh that, yeah. man, alive! Yeah. But it's little things like that, but um, little things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's little things I'm like shocked. that, but still, you know, it didn't completely ruin the film for me. But uh, yeah, but uh, and uh, I did have a photo. I think I have a photo of a bond set on my phone. Well, That's good. Can. In the meantime, if you love Flash and if you love Arrow. And you love them both together as much. We've got Flaro, which is me, Stu, James, James, James. <laughs> Graham, if he wants to, uh, no, no, watch, wants this, to watch every not... every season. After Comic Con, he's he's too cool. He is cool, cool for school. And we have gone through. Um, we're starting off with season four of Arrow and season two of The Flash. And every week we'll be doing a podcast reviewing that um, each one, and it will grow. When uh, what comes to our screens? I think it's Legends of Tomorrow or something in January. And it's a big crossover. We've got Daredevil coming up. And Daredevil. So not only are we going to do films, uh, we're going to do TV series as well. Uh, it'll probably be just be the superhero ones because that's what we love talking about. That's what we're passionate about. So they're available. Episode one and two of Flaro on iTunes, I do believe. Or if you like us on Twitter, we're at the Film Real Cast and on Facebook as well, the Film Real Cast. Uh, we'll post news on there we'll post our podcasts on there we'll post our films and everything you can go on there just want to say good luck we're all counting on you <laughs> thank you very much thank Josh. You, Josh JF Parish musician who did do the intro to this podcast thank you for listening too thank you, this thank is you. hello hello I haven't seen the films I can't comment today James Bond Skyfall I know what the film is I what would you give it. out of five if you had seen it well I'd give it what for Wow, it's surreal. <laughs> We're doing a podcast, and J.F. Parrish, musician, walks in. I do believe he's got a song coming out, which is out, possibly. Go for it. Oh, there's one out, Castle on the Hill, out already, uh, on iTunes, 79p, bargain, I think. Uh, and there is uh, The Nine Stones coming out, probably in the next week. You heard it here, from the man himself, the musician. Real pleasure. Good luck. You take All care now. <laughs> Excellent, I do believe that's it. That's that is it, Skyfall. Yeah. That is will Skyfall. we do Inspector when it comes out? Or uh, will we not? When we go and see it, yeah. There you go, you heard it here first. Thank you very much for listening, boys and girls. Always makes me feel a little melancholy. Grand old warship being ignominiously hauled away for scrap. The inevitability of time, don't you think? What do you see? A bloody big ship. Excuse me. 007. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. Why, because I'm not wearing a lab coat? Because you still have spots. My complexion is hardly relevant. Your confidence is. Age is no guarantee of efficiency. And youth is no guarantee of innovation. Or has it I can do more damage on my laptop sitting in my pyjamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you can do in a year in the field? Oh, so why do you need me? 
Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. Double O seven. 